as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. From the Cameron County Regional Mobility Authority, we welcome back Pete, Pete, Pete Sepulveda. Pete, appreciate your time today. So let's talk about the CCRMA, this new Fuego vehicle toll tag that I understand would be interoperable with other roads, other entities in the state of Texas. Let's start there. Good morning. Yes. Thanks for having me. You bet. Um, so we, we went live with our toll tag about two years ago, and right now it functions on our toll road, on State Highway 550 toll road. But we got an agreement with Cameron County that the three international bridges that the county owns were going to make our tag interoperable with, with that traffic. And then all the cultural parks at South Padre Island that are owned by the county will have the interoperability with our toll tag as well. So looking at that and doing that, we wanted to go beyond the Cameron County area. So we've been talking to other bridge owners in the Rio Grande Valley. And then in July, we entered into an agreement with the Harris County Toll Road Authority. And doing that, it's going to allow us to be interoperable with the rest of the state of Texas. And then with seven other states, uh, from Colorado to Georgia, eventually we want our tag to be interoperable from the Mexican border to the Canadian border. Having done that, we then started looking at, well, what's the possibility of maybe bringing Mexico into the picture? And so we've had a little bit of dialogue with Mexico. There is a lot of interest. Obviously, if we have one tag, you can utilize sure. to go into Mexico to come back into the U.S. Uh, to get to South Padre Island, uh, cross at any international bridge, you know, go go to Houston, go to Dallas, go to Colorado or, or, or anywhere in the Midwest. That, that just makes a lot of sense to have one interoperable tag. And then the, all the recent issues at the border about long wait times and about commercial vehicles having to go through multiple inspections, we said, well, our tag should have sufficient capacity. And if we work with CBP um, and, and DOT and other agencies, perhaps we could utilize our tag and store data in there. And that's just a thought at this point. I would hope that we could sit down with, with several agencies from the federal government. But the biggest part, the biggest thing is going to be the federal agencies wanting to share data with us because they are, you know, a federal agency and we are not. Uh, but that just makes a lot of sense because we yes, can sir. store data uh, on our tag. For example, if, if DPS stops a commercial vehicle, they have access to it. You know, they'll know when the last time that vehicle was inspected, if there was any findings, if those findings were corrected or not. So sure. it just makes a lot of sense to be able to facilitate the movement of goods and, and products that are international bridges. Who needs to take the lead on that, Pete, in order to create this uniform tag that, uh, you know, I'll, it, I'll call it, it the it, I-69 it, tag, or uh, bridges, tollways, yeah, it, everything you can use? Who, who needs to take it, the lead? Since the RMA is the owner, we would, but okay. we need for um, Customs and Border Protection, we need for the Department of Transportation to be able to 
share information and share data with us that we can store on that tag. Uh, there is a joint working committee between the U.S. and Mexico that looks at long-term projects, looks, looks at projects that, that can have an impact on the flow of traffic at international bridges. And so that's why I think that's a vehicle that we can use to get to where we want to get. From the Cameron County Regional Mobility Authority, we're talking about this potential evolving toll tag, universal toll tag, is Pizza Pulveda. Yeah, Pete, Tim Sullivan here. Could you just explain a little bit more uh, the idea behind this major expansion? Why does it make so much sense in your mind? Well, especially for commercial vehicles coming from Mexico into the U.S., you know, we've heard of multiple inspections. Right now, when a vehicle comes into the U.S., they go through um, an inspection by CBP, then they go through an inspection by the Department of Transportation, and then they get out of the GSA compound, and they go into the DPS compound and go through another inspection. And so just having data that can be shared with the federal and state agencies and, and, and local agencies would make the, the crossing of commercial vehicles a lot more expeditious than what it is today. Uh, there is a, a lot of data out there. It's just not being shared. And we believe we've got the perfect avenue. We've got the perfect vehicle, which is the toll tag that can stare, that, that can store that data. And, and, and if we were able to share that data, it would just make things a lot easier for everybody. And you, you know, think if, if you can log in and say, well, this truck's already been inspected, you know, two hours ago. I why, see. why are we inspecting them again? Right now, uh, and it doesn't happen every day, but it happens often. Once you leave the Veterans Bridge completely, then five miles later, as you're getting to San Benito, you get pulled by DPS um, onto the staging area, and yeah. you go through another inspection. So, so yeah. that yeah, so does not make any sense whatsoever, you know, when you've got goods and products that need to get to the final destination. Yeah. So you think this storage and um, sharing of data on, on the federal level, that will, uh, that will prevent, you know, some of these truck drivers who might want to try to skirt around and, and bring in something that... Uh, you know, we all know is not legal. <laughs> Correct. Yes, okay. that that can that can assist in in, in going through pre inspections. Um, and there are several programs that Customs and Border Protection have that um, transportation companies enroll in. And so all that data can be stored in, in in that tag. If the optimum use of a tag like this could be achieved, do you think it would cost a lot more money? in order to clear all the bridges, all the tolls, all the different entities, or would uh, CCRMA just you know, get the bill and then pass it on to a consumer wherever it is that they no, get the toll? I, I, think, I think this is a way to streamline expenses. I think this is a way to streamline the time it's taking to cross at, at any international cross along the southwest border. Um, I think this is a great management tool that can be utilized by local, state, and federal agencies. Um, I think we're on to something here, and, and, and this partnership with Harris County Toll Authority okay. um, really is, is, is going to allow us to get there. But if we can bring in Mexico into the picture as well, it just makes a lot of sense. You know, with, with, with technology the way it is today, I'm really surprised that, that it hasn't happened yet. What are some of the hurdles you see that would prevent this universal toll tag from being created? I think... I think right now the biggest one would be the ability to share data between the federal agencies and, and state and local agencies. Um, and that, that's why I mentioned the Joint Working Committee, because they can do a pilot project at, at any international bridge and, and, and see what the results, see what the effect of that would be. But I think those would come back, you know, really positive. 
and 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 would really set the stage for the entire southwest border. Um, and, and we're no stranger to the Joint Working Committee. The West Rail Relocation Project that we did, uh, relocating the main Union Pacific Line from downtown Brownsville, Matamoros, started as an initiative in the Joint Working Committee. So we've we've done there that before. We've been there with, with with the Joint Working Committee, and that's why I propose that that be the avenue, the vehicle to get this done. Good luck, Pete. Thanks for joining us from the Cameron County Regional Mobility Authority. Pete Sepulveda. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. UTRGV update. Dr. Guy Bailey joining us again. Let's start with the fall census now that we had a chance to cook those numbers. So what do you have, Dr. B? Well, we have 31,990. We're, we're just below 32,000. So uh, we're, we're very pleased. That's up uh, a few hundred from last year. And uh, and so uh, enrollment's very strong. Uh, last year, as far as fall of last year, right? That's what you're referring to. Yes, that's okay. right. That's okay. right. You compare fall to fall every year. That's right. Okay. That's right. So some of the recent rankings, I was looking at uh, the list that came out of the press office. Let's start with the the U.S. News World Report. Climbed quite a bit, several dozens and dozens of, of places on that list. So tell me about that one. We we did. We we climbed about 72 places on there. I've, I've never actually seen uh, a change that great. And uh, we're, we're 123rd among public universities and 227th among all universities. And in the state of Texas, number six among public universities. And so the U.S. News and World Report disadvantages us in some ways because the size of your endowment uh, makes a big difference. And <laughs> really? Also, yeah. And so, you know, we're, we're not there yet. So we, Why? We because it, it shows the strength, of, the potential strength of a university when it comes to research? Is, is that why they look at well, the endowment? Well, well, the assumption is that you have more resources to put into uh, into student support and so forth, oh, and uh, uh, to some extent that's true. I mean, you, you, we do we we certainly could use more money, but uh, you know, but those endowments are used in a variety of ways, and so it's it's not so much how big your endowment is, well, but how you use it. That, again, so, well, that's true. But, but there's, there's some. Those endowments yeah. keep they're, getting they're, bigger, guy. Okay. Uh, there's a reason. I don't think they're using it enough, uh, quite frankly. But yeah, well, that's a, that's one of the arguments around the country. I mean, yeah. it's, very, 
and it's not just in Texas throughout the country. Yes, sir. The, well, let's that, look, let's look at a better that, one. DegreeChoices.com uh, ranked UTRTV yeah, number one in Texas. Yeah, in this one in Texas, we were 15th in the United States. And, uh, you know, some of the schools above us were MIT and Princeton and Stanford and Harvard and Caltech. And we, we were sandwiched in between Rice and Vanderbilt, which isn't too bad. But we were 15th. <laughs> overall in the United States and degree choices and what the degree choices does they base uh, their rankings on the relative economic value of a university what's the return on investment to a student and so th there's a tremendous return on investment if you go to UTRGV uh, a return on investment that makes us number one among public universities in Texas and only behind rice and so we think that's a very good way to rank institutions. I mean, what what do you get by going there? Not, uh, not the size of your endowment, but what's the outcome going to be? Yes, sir. And so all of the rankings that rank us on outcomes, if they're outcome-based rankings, we do really well. We do, you know, number one or two in Texas. And uh, so uh, we like the degree choices a lot. And, uh, and, and there's some other rankings that do that, too, the third-way rankings had us number six in the country. And the Washington Monthly rankings, we were 60th in the United States, but again, first in Texas. Mm -hmm. And for years, we'd always been behind A&M and Austin and then behind A&M. But uh, this year in the Washington Monthly rankings, we were first. And so we're really pleased about that. UTRGV President Dr. Guy Bailey joining us. Of the 33, 31,990 students that we have. Ballpark figure, Dr. B. What's the percentage of those that are receiving free tuition because of household income level? Just ballpark figure, yeah. do you know? Right. Yeah. Well, I have a pretty, I can give you a pretty good percentage of the undergraduates, and you need to separate out undergraduates and graduates, but of the undergraduate students, 86% pay no tuition no mandatory fees so that's nearly nine out of ten of the undergraduates pay no tuition no fees and so we're, we're very pleased about that that's why our students graduate with uh, the second lowest debt load in the united states and uh, and by the way the default rate on loans at utrgv is like 0.001 percent wow. it's very small because Again, we're able to graduate the majority of our students without much debt. And that's that's been one of the goals of our institution from the very beginning. Yes, sir. From the UTRGV School of Medicine, I understand there's a genome modeling study that's taking place from thanks to a grant. You want to tell me about that? That's right. We have one of the best genetics programs uh, in, in the country there, human genetics. And, uh, <clears throat> and, of course, a lot of their work is focused on diabetes, but... Uh, but it's more it's uh, it's really broader than that, and so and we have a PhD program now in human genetics, and this genetic uh, genomic modeling program is a key part of that. It's an eight million dollar uh, grant, which is a, a very significant grant. Joanne Curran was our our lead faculty member there. She's a tremendous geneticist, and so uh, this is really cutting edge work that will have an impact down the road in how we treat diseases. And so the, very, we're very proud of that. The, the PhD in, in genetic sciences is studies, is that a, a new PhD right. at the university? Excellent. It, it's, 
It's in its second year. That's okay. right. And it's built around the people who have this grant. And, the, and they received another large grant this year, too. And so it, they're very fine scientists. And again, that's the future of, of science and, uh, and, and of medicine. And so uh, we're very pleased with what they're doing. And a, a different PhD, one in materials sciences and engineering. Tell me about that one. Yes, that kicked off this fall, and it's uh, it's going to be quite the PhD as well. I mean, we've we've gotten a lot of national attention for that. Of course, our our one of our lead faculty members in that is Dr. Karen Lozano, who is our first member of the National Academy of Engineering, and uh, is a spectacular scientist. And uh, and then we have uh, some excellent faculty in that area. And again, materials are if, if you think about everything from an artificial joint, like an artificial hip, uh, to uh, uh, you know, to how we we build cars and build new products. Materials are at the heart of that, and so materials, material science and engineering are really a, an important area and one that we think we'll be a leader in the country in. There's a new UTRGV sports marketing campaign that involves the airport. Uh, that was in the news a couple of days back. That, that's right, and we we were very grateful to the McAllen Airport. You know, they are the South Texas airport of the Dallas Cowboys, and so we figured if they were the airport of the Cowboys, certainly they should be the airport of the Vaqueros because yeah. Vaqueros preceded Cowboys. Yeah. And so we were able to work out a very nice arrangement. They're very supportive of our athletics program, and uh, and it's it's really quite an arrangement. Yeah. So. Uh, we're very grateful to them, and they're, they're wonderful people to work with. You, you were saying that one really slow, like I was going to be impressed. Uh, you're saying that the Dallas Cowboys and the McAllen Airport. <laughs> but it's, a, it's a running joke. <laughs> a running joke I have with the airport. Hey, one other thing I, <laughs> yeah. I, I failed to mention, uh, the Inaugural Academic Institution of the Year, uh, named as Inaugural Academic Institution of the Year by the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers. So I guess the engineer, uh, engineering program is, is impressive. That's right. That's right. To go back to our new PhD, uh, we have a, uh, another PhD that's being evaluated by the coordinating board right now in in computer computer science. And uh, uh, and again, we've had Dr. Lozano go into the National Academy. Our engineers, we, we're it, engineering is the fastest growing program at UTRGV. Nice. We have over five thousand students in engineering. It's it's growing very fast. Our engineering students get great jobs when they graduate, and uh, it, it's being recognized around the country for Excellent. Uh, for its success, and yeah. our students are very highly prized. Okay. Good to hear, Dr. B. Thank you for the update. Dr. Guy Bailey, President, UTRGV. Only News Talk Station, News Talk 710 KURV.
You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. The chief operating officer for the Texas A&M Higher Education Center at McAllen, Manny Vela, joining us. Mr. V, appreciate your time today. Man, so much news being made at Texas A&M here at McAllen. Let's start with some of the brick-and-mortar projects on tap for Texas A&M. Howdy and good morning, Sergio. It's always good to hear your voice. Likewise, thank brother. Thank you all for being back this morning. Uh, so let, we can talk a little bit about our uh, second building, which is in the final design phases in just a minute. Uh, but if, if it's okay with you, uh, can we start with what we offer programmatically? There sure. Right that's, yeah, that's it's good to review that now. Yes, sir. Go ahead. I appreciate that. So we, we're up to nine programs right now, and they're all important programs related to, to demands here in the Valley from an industry perspective. We have agricultural economics, which makes total sense down here, biomedical sciences, uh, with my healthcare background, I think that's an important one. We have construction science, education certification in middle grade, uh, four uh, through eight, math and science, and that's concentrating on, on STEM teachers, basically. Human resource development, interdisciplinary engineering, which obviously means the engineering history speaks for itself. Uh, new, one of the new ones is maritime business administration and, and logistics. Uh, and Cedric, I don't, yeah, I know you don't need help with your content at all, and, and um, but I would say, Keep tabs on the Port of Brownsville. It's exploded recently and will just continue to grow. And so this new program in conjunction with our Gal- Galveston camp- campus uh, is going to allow us to uh, create an op- opportunity down here for our folks, uh, noting the, the, the increasing demand in the ports, not only here in Brownsville, but across the country. Uh, we have multi- multidisciplinary engineering technology and then public health. So the two new ones are the Maritime Business Administration and Logistics and the Human Resource Development uh, Program. And we're proud of, of offering those nine programs. As I referenced to somebody the other day, you know, we're, we're small, but we're making a difference. We're creating opportunities for the young women and men here in the Rio Grande Valley uh, that otherwise they might not have if they have a desire to attend Texas A&M. Uh, and, and I think the thing we try to emphasize uh, from, uh, from an A&M uh, perspective is that it's, it's really a unique opportunity in campus down here. We're a center. Uh, we're, we're an extension campus of College Station, so our, our uh, folks who graduate get the exact same diploma, the same ring, get to walk it, it down here to graduate for graduation in, in College Station. Uh, and so it's a very unique model that we have going down here, and I think a, a, a good one because it allows our folks down here who want to be Aggies to stay in the Rio Grande Valley, receive their education in their own backyard, which, as we both know, saves a ton of money. Uh, it makes parents feel good a lot of times. It's, so it's a win-win. Uh, and so uh, th- those are the programs we have ongoing right now. So let me, if I can bridge, if, if it's okay with you, I'll bridge into our second building that we're in the final of the day. Sure, uh, brick and mortar. Yeah, well, we're expanding. So, oh, so yeah. what do you have? Yeah. So, and, and this one relates to uh, to a, a, a significant demand, not only in the Valley, but across the state. And we're talking about the creation of a nursing program. So the second building that we're going to have uh, is going to be over 60,000 square feet, and it's primarily dedicated for our nursing program. Um, and it's, as I referenced, it's based, uh, based on the nursing shortages that we have, significant shortages here in the Valley, but in the state as well. Uh, and we're, it's, we're, we're looking at starting uh, that first cohort in early 2026. We're working on the final approvals of, for the nursing program itself, and as I referenced, uh, finishing the design phase for the building. It's going to be a beautiful building. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to come to our campus, but it's a pretty campus. It really is. And we're just going to continue 
uh, in a very deliberate way to to grow, which means additional buildings down the road. And I think, uh, having said that, it's appropriate for me to thank members of our Valley delegation. Uh, obviously, the administration, Texas A&M Aggie administration and College Station, but the support that we've received, Sergio, from our local our local uh, state senators and state representatives has, has been nothing short of amazing. And so I'd like to obviously publicly thank them as well. The potential expansion of the Texas A&M campus at McAllen with all that acreage nearby, that development in North McAllen, there's definitely room to grow. And, of course, the, the expansion of brick and border for nursing is impressive with the incredible growth of of the medical sector in South Texas. You mentioned, of course, maritime, uh, naturally, Texas A&M Ag, multiple engineering disciplines available. But with the evolving economy in South Texas, uh, which is traditional energy for Texas, liquefied natural gas, now at Brownsville, here we go, aerospace and all that engineering related to that, and high tech in McAllen with chip manufacturing, software development, maybe another massive potential high tech project in the area as well. My Texas A&M kind of wiggle, worm its way into providing degrees that are for high tech, traditional fuel, LNG, aerospace as well, more evident emphasis on what is is setting up shop here in South Texas. Yeah, a couple things related to that, Sergio. Uh, first, I think it's important to note that Texas A&M, uh, through an advanced manufacturing program that was established at the Port of Brownsville over a year ago, it is already uh, moving a little bit outside the box as it relates to training in advanced manufacturing, right? So right now they concentrate on OSHA training and cybersecurity. Uh, they, they offer certifications and stop the bleed and those kind of things, right? And, and those are all things that are components of the industries that you've referenced, right? So as it relates to the creation of new programs, the way it works is this. We, we're, and I love telling people, listen, it's, it's not, it's not, this is not about competing with other institutions. Quite honestly, we've got great relationships with Ricardo Solis at South Texas College. I couldn't be more proud to be his partner. Uh, working with him on some projects, and Roberto Rodriguez at Texas uh, Southmost College, good friend. We work with him, Claudia Hernandez at TSTC. These folks are all doing phenomenal work. Guy Bailey at UTRGV, my my good friend as well. And so I think it's time for us to sit down and collaborate as best we can. Uh, and that means having industry at the table. So you, you bring up a great point, right? So this is a perfect opportunity for us to look and see what industries, either new or expanded industries, are coming to the Rio Grande Valley sit down with them, see what the demand actually looks like from a training and education pers- uh, perspective. Uh, and they go sit down with the Higher Education Coordinating Board. Dr. Fred Fadias is the chairman. He's from the Valley. Uh, and sit down with, with Dr. Fadias and, and talk about what additional opportunities might exist uh, in the Rio Grande Valley related to demand being created by industry. I, I think we're fortunate that we have Region 1. Uh, Dr. King and his mm-hmm. team over at Region One are doing phenomenal work, and what they're doing is they're being a catalyst for a, coll- a high-level collaboration, a robust collaboration between education and industry. And when I say education, I'm talking at all levels, Sergio. Uh, and that's so vitally important right now because it's it's not only about creating needed programs; it's about making sure that that we are educating our students so that when they come out, they have an opportunity to get a job. I love talking with folks in education right now because I think we all recognize uh, it's not enough to have the goal of, of being able to create a, a diploma, right, to to hand somebody a diploma and say, hey, we're done. 
Uh, I just don't think that's the goal anymore, and it shouldn't be the goal. Our goal should be not only to be able to do that, but make sure that that's shored up and the foundation of that is students who are well-trained, well-educated, ready to hit the workforce, ready to meet a demand, mm-hmm. such as nurse, et cetera. Uh, and, and in that way, they're they're productive from day one. So that that would be the goal. And I'm, I'm glad you're having those conversations. You, you and college are having conversations with Region 1, with, with Dr. King, because a lot of this demand, and with thousands, and literally thousands of jobs headed to the Rio Grande Valley, and the center point of that is the Port of Brownsville, where the thousands of jobs headed this way. High school kids can take right. advantage of that, and we've got some incredible tech, career tech programs, Edinburgh, McAllen, uh, other training that high school kids can get. As soon as they graduate, they can hit the workforce. And Lord knows some of these kids could be making six-figure salaries with uh, some of their electrician training, truck training, and other things like that. Manny, we appreciate uh, your time today. Well, keep in touch. Please give us an update on, on programs at Texas A&M. He is Texas A&M Vice President and Chief Operating Officer for the McAllen Campus, Manny Vela. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. We say hello and we welcome to the program the new CEO for the Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation, Brett Cardella. Mr. B, appreciate your time. For working people driving around town, explain what GBIC does, Brett. We are, uh, the best thing I can tell you is that our job is to help bring jobs and uh, create opportunities for people within the city of Brownsville. Um, the goal is to attract in basically anything that we can that will help to better the uh, the livelihoods of our citizens. And uh, that could be uh, anything from helping entrepreneurs get their starts and small business people get their start to attracting in the companies that are going to be supporting and working with SpaceX, for example. The economic development efforts in Brownsville, and I recall this move from years ago, it, we have two def- different entities, GBIC, which is, I guess, more the job creation, recruitment arm, and the other one that it works on quality of life issues, all funded in part by some of the sales tax that we collect for Brownsville. So you come to this gig at a time that a glorious time. We've never seen before this prosperity that has landed on our lap in Brownsville, and not by accident, may I add. This is the efforts of local leaders and several mayors and county leadership and folks that worked for a long time, and economic development folks worked for a long time, to make us amazingly a leader in, what, aerospace and <laughs> delivery of payload to space. We got liquefied natural gas at the Port of Brownsville, steel, ship building, ship deconstruction, new energy, just amazing times that we live in. So what is the low-hanging fruit when it comes to complementary industry or businesses that we can sop up and bring more jobs to the area? Is it all the industries I mentioned, or we got some new emerging you know, potential industry that we could bring to town? 
Well, first of all, let me say I'm going to take credit for everything that's happened because I'm here now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's fair enough. No, the reality is yeah. that you're absolutely right. There have been some great people here before me. You know, obviously, a lot of people that are smarter than me who are here to be able to attract in those opportunities. What I get the pleasure of doing now is not only to help bolster the folks that are coming in here, but now I sit down and I say, the LNG folks, who is it that you need here to help you do what you do so you can do it better and quicker? There you go. Those are the folks that I go after. Meeting with SpaceX, same thing. Who is it that you need? If the goal is to be able to launch a rocket, uh, and I was told at one point in time, launch a rocket a month in about four years. If that's the case, then who is it that you need near you here that helps you to get the supplies, the pieces, the parts, whatever it is that you need to construct a rocket so you can launch one off a month? Um, those are the types of new, I would say, new industry, new mindset, advanced manufacturing, whatever you want to call it, that we want to go out and, well, it's not we're wanting to go out. We will be going out to pursue and bring here to Brownsville. A secondary part of that, though, is we are also now looking at our citizenry and saying, you need to have opportunities to get these jobs, not just something in a blue-collar sense, but how can we help our folks here, the kids that are going to be uh, coming out of the schools in the next you know, four to ten years, for example. How can you go to work in an LNG plant? How can you go to work at SpaceX and use the brain power, not just the brawn, to do it? So we're also now looking at what type of educational opportunities we need to bring into our city yes, so our citizens can have that ability to stay home, get a four-year degree or get a six-year degree, and be able to walk into the door of one of these facilities that we partner with to help them get employees and be able to work that job that they don't have to leave here and go to UT in Austin or some other place or A&M and then hopefully come back. So it's that type of opportunity that I get the pleasure of working on Excellent. now is to be able to fill those gaps. But at the same time, I've been doing this for 16 years. It's also about, you know, the small business person that is within the city and being able to support them in how they get started and their growth trajectory. And that is as equally important as attracting in a $150 million investment that's going to create X amount of jobs. In fact, I would say it's sometimes more important because as we get to help our local citizens to create opportunities that they haven't had a chance to create for themselves, they remember us. They become our biggest cheerleaders. So as much as we're out cheerleading for the city and attracting in opportunities, internally we can work with these folks who end up being our cheerleaders. And that is, to me, more okay. important in many cases than attracting in a large investment. He's the new CEO for the Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation, the economic development arm of the city, Brett Gardella, our guest. Yeah, Brett, Tim Sullivan here. Let me ask you to elaborate even a little more on uh, these um, ancillary companies that you're you're going after, what types of companies are are they? Uh, where do you go to find them, and how do you bring them in? <laughs> um, if I gave you the secret sauce, and everybody would be doing it, right? And I'd have all my competitors around her doing it. But the reality is, um, 
what we do is we work with, and we're meeting with right now, I've only been on the job for seven weeks. So the meetings that we're having are to sit down with a lot of our current employers and saying, who is it that you're working with? Who do you need here? And help me to help you by going out and attracting them to come here. That's the first part, because whatever we can do to benefit our local folks, make their jobs easier, their lives easier, makes everything better for us. Secondarily, then, of course, it's taking a look at what is in this marketplace and what is it that we need. We don't need just more manufacturing or logistics. There's nothing sexy about that. There's nothing that our citizenry is going to say, hey, this is what I want to go work for a logistics operation. If we start looking at advanced manufacturing, robotics, more opportunities in the space industry as we can grow that, those are the opportunities that our citizens, especially our kids in, in the school system, are starting to look at and say, I can do this. I can work for SpaceX. I'll give you a perfect example. I have a nine-year-old daughter, and I have twin 19-month-old boys. I had family in town this last weekend. We drove out, showed them what SpaceX is doing and all about, and I said to my daughter, look, honey, now you can, you know, you can go to Mars. And she said, no, I don't want to go to Mars, but I want to send my brothers there. So, okay, baby, you can be the engineer. Uh-huh. And, you know, your brothers can be the two. You can ship them off to Mars. So it's changing the mindset of what kids can do. Yep. And Amazing. in my experience, it isn't just, and I use my daughter a lot. She's in third grade. It is about them. It isn't even necessarily about the the juniors and seniors of high school nowadays yes, we have to start thinking what is it that the third and fourth grader wants to do with their life in the next 10 years because that's what we need to pursue so if i if i told you exactly everything that we would be going after quite honestly if i were a competitor around here doing the same thing in a different yeah. city i'd yeah. i'd say this guy's smart i'm going to go take his ideas and go after it before he does mm-hmm. so there there is yeah, I mean, you know, look, we have tremendous opportunities here, so I'm I'm very excited about what we're going to go and get. And, and I and think there might be opportunities to work together with Harlingen, with Edinburgh, with McAllen, and, and all rowing in the same direction as as we're looking at just one market because the workforce is here that to meet the demand. Yeah, the thousands of jobs that are going to be available. But I, I like your your point of view, your mindset. I, I was when you were explaining all this, I was thinking conductor of a symphony where you have so many different elements that, that you need to direct, but everybody's got to pull in the same direction in coordination, which is the population, the school districts, the college, colleges, workforce, office, uh, the state of Texas, and, of course, industry. But you asking the right question, like, industry, what do you need? How do we make things better? Yep. And I'm guessing a lot of that will be jobs and training in the very near future to make sure that our people can benefit from all yep. this prosperity. Well, we wish you continued success, Brett. Please keep us posted on some of the success stories and when you get a chance to close on some of these folks that are committing to town. I'm sure there will be plenty in the near future. Thank you, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Brett Gardella, CEO, Greater Brownsville Incentives Corporation.
you're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids are running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Checking happenings at our college, South Texas College. President Dr. Ricardo Solis joining us. Let's start with a recent announcement of a new logo for the college system. So tell us about that, Dr. Solis. Yes, it's been a very exciting, especially now with this whole transformative process that the college has gone through. For the past two years since I've been here, we have been working on doing it and doing it right. It entails, as you've seen, not only uh, new colors, but a new logo as well. You, you know, the college, when it was established almost 30 years ago, with the humble beginning, and of course, uh, it moved very, very rapidly. We are a large district becoming a system of colleges with six campuses, uh, primarily three, three large campuses and three specialty campuses. So uh, with that, it was time that we went ahead and moved into the bigger arena and and changing the image of the system, uh, and most importantly, what uh, it's desired now and uh, by not only our students, but by industry. From South Texas College, President, Director, Dr. Ricardo Solis, the census for the fall, how many students do we have in the system at SDC? Uh, I think we, be- I believe we have right now, now for the, the students for the semester, uh, traditional students, undergraduate, we have about 29,000 students. But as we rolled out in our presentation on Friday, we're looking at the whole picture. You know, we're more about just uh, than associate degree or undergraduate student. As I mentioned, we are the largest undergraduate institution in South Texas, and especially in Hidalgo. But when you put together with the other students that are continuing education, certificates, diplomas, all of those are workforce. They count as well. It's over 50,000 students. Dr. Ricardo Solis from South Texas College, our guest. Yeah, Dr. Solis, Tim Sullivan here. Going back to the, the previous question about the logo, and you mentioned the image. What image are you hoping to express with that new logo? We have brought up the mascot, which is even stronger now, the, the Jaguar. We made it a, we took a very unique aspect of it, the, the rosette of the Jaguar, and, and made that into a very modern trait, computerized at the same time and in a very simplistic form. Uh, like you've seen now, uh, companies, corporations, they just have a symbol. And just like from Apple to Facebook, it's just uh, all of these companies now, they, uh, you make it clear, you make it only uh, you know, two colors and very bold. And that was the whole idea to make it bold, modern, uh, visionary. And of course, that it goes together with the mascot, which pretty much signifies the majestic of the Jaguar, speed, individuality. We want the students to feel proud because we have now evolved from not only just being traditional courses from our original setup of the college to now having workforce programs, bachelor's degrees. Right. So that's why it was very appropriate to do this now. What is your vision for SDC, let's say five years down the line? We're right now evaluating stronger what the students of today, not only want but what they need 
Uh, education has changed now in the last few years, especially after the pandemic. Now you've seen a lot more values. The value of higher education has been questioned a lot now by parents and students. Does it really take four to six years or so to really have a profession? They want to have many options. We have to focus now. We already have five bachelor's degrees. We're very excited about that. We might pursue some other ones where we see there's high value. But right now, we're the only college in the state of Texas, community college, that has five degrees. Most of them have one or two degrees. That's it. We've been very fortunate though, that we have been able to move way forward in setting up programs that are in big demand by our students. President of South Texas College, Dr. Ricardo Solis, which programs would you say are most in demand right now as the Valley economy is evolving? Well, beginning, of course, with sciences. After the pandemic, we saw that there was huge demand, as you know, in health professions, not only nursing, but all the other ones that come with it, from respiratory care to radiology to ultrasound, sonography, especially physical therapy now with the aging population. We have 10 of those programs alone in addition to the nursing. Those are the most popular, but it's highly, highly competitive. And thirdly, you know, South Texas College is in biggest demand, the best option in the shortest career to get into a high-paying, high-demand career in any of these that I just mentioned to you in the health and nursing. The beginning with that, we have those degrees, which are two-year degrees, and we also have the four-year degrees leading up to the BSN. Secondly, of course, the most popular is business administration. So many students still, of all ages, that's our big difference from us. We are, it's not only high school students, we have students from all ages that are basically looking for a career change or they want to look at a specialty in finance, accounting, et cetera, and our computer science. And then thirdly, of course, in the other area, we've seen also big growth, surprisingly and very enlightening, is in engineering, which is where we really see the big demand and need, as you mentioned now, the Port of Brownsville, LNG, advanced manufacturing. That will make a big, tremendous impact in the economy and in the Valley. And uh, so the engineering program, as you're probably aware, not only do we have a two-year, but now we have a partnered very closely with Texas A&M with their premier engineering program and their teaching at our campus now as well. We just started this, this semester. Wow. Tell me a bit more about that interesting program, that partnership with A&M and engineering. Yes, it was one that we, it took us a while to get established. As you know, Texas A&M is renowned for having a stellar engineering program and in high demand to get in. It's when you have over 14,000 applicants for the program statewide, uh, we were able to, basically, the students here are enrolled at Texas A&M College Station, but they're here in McAllen, and that's what that's so unique about it. So they have the option, they can, at, at our campus, at the STC campus, take the classes here by them, by their curriculum, and, and combine with ours, get credit, and they can either continue here at the, at the Texas A&M campus, mm-hmm. or they can finish the last two years if they want and the uh, College Station campus. Excellent. or any other Texas A&M where they have engineering program. Uh, so that's a, but the, the beauty about this program. It's a unique partnership, and we're looking forward to developing even more with them. So we have, we'll have some big announcements next year as well Excellent. that are in very similar type of format. Dr. Ricardo Solis, President of South Texas College, STC. Uh, real quick question. You said we got about 29,000, not 29,000, students in the system yes. that are the primary college students. That includes dual enrollment, right? These kids from high school taking yes, classes? Yes, correct. Okay. Oh, yes, yes, right. yes, yes. Thanks think, for clarifying that. Yes, yes. Dual enrollment is about a, a third of our <clears> enrollment <throat> here as well, and that's been a, a spectacular program 
a great option for the students. That I wish we had that when we were in high school at the time. Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> yes. Many, many students, as you know, we have hundreds of them that are graduating from the different ISDs here in the Valley in Hidalgo uh, with uh, an associate degree. Yeah. And many, of course, are, are, are already have a year under their belt of, of classes that they already uh, have obtained. And uh, from there, and they can transfer those anywhere. That's again, that's the great thing about this program. Excellent. Anywhere in Texas, or better yet, they can remain here and continue here at the university. And, and depending on what they're studying, some I suspect with a skill set ready to hit the workforce after they they graduate as well. With some of the depending on the training. Yes, that I'm, they I'm glad. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you mentioned that. Yeah, that is really the 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 big change, the the paradigm in education. As I mentioned to you at the beginning of our conversation, uh, the students now are looking for a quick, immediate uh, type of uh, solutions. And I say they want to see results. And so this is what we do best, providing them certificates that are embedded into the associate degrees. So well, let's say they want to go and they, they start out with criminal justice, and then they realize I, I really want to get something quicker. They can get a certificate at the same time, let's say computer science or computer information technology, and we have many other, or cybersecurity, and all of those within a year at the same time are embedded into the, why they're doing their associate's degree. And let me go even further. Something else that we're doing that is very unique and first is uh, apprenticeships. How about that? Yeah, apprenticeships mean that these are paid uh, classes, programs mm-hmm. that the students obtain while they're, while they're students, they get paid in certain areas. We have some specific areas, especially in the uh, manufacturing and automotive. And, of course, now you heard the big one in nursing. That were the first in the state. So now students can get paid while they're going through this very arduous, strict process of being a nurse student. They get paid at the same time with the program that we have with, with, with the specific hospital. In this case, is DHR. And as the Valley economy continues to grow and expand at a yes. ra- very rapid rate, I would imagine those conversations will continue to take place with economic development entities and workforce and the state of Texas to see if we can create some curriculum and, and get our kids, our workers, to take those jobs that are coming down to us really, really quick. Well, continued success, Dr. Solis. Appreciate your time today, and we'll check in with you uh, at a later date and get an update on some of the new programs. That is our president from South Texas College, Dr. Ricardo Solis. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710KURV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.